Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. It's morning where we are. I don't know what time it is where you are. Welcome to the show, The Big Show, the largest, most popular, Emmy Award winning, okay, Emmy Award nominated, okay, I don't even know what an Emmy Award really is, show don't even care. <laughs> that is filmed or recorded or taped or whatever you want to say in our car. Now, we have to give you a caveat today, and I'm going to throw in a disclaimer for today's episode. Because not long ago, I was getting into the car thinking, oh, dad, gummit, I left my, where did I put my libation, my drink? Where is that? I was sitting there looking all around thinking, oh, I got to go back into the house to grab it and stuff. It's in my hand. It's sitting right there in my hand. And she's looking over at me like, are you like stupid or something? So it's this kind of morning. <laughs> we had a long night. Um, we had an interesting night. We got we had a we had a malfunction. That's kind of what I want to talk about today a little bit. We had a malfunction, a normal everyday life malfunction. We got home, and our heating unit, which is one of those the the main heating unit we have in our uh, main room, it's one of those zone units. So each each zone has their own way of heating and cooling and stuff. Okay, it's one of those zone units. We come in there, and I'm like, oh, it's like 80-something degrees in there. I mean, it's roasting. We've been out all day long. And this is one that's thermostatically controlled. Thermostat was set to 66. Yeah, well, we were on. I mean, and it's like 80, what was it, 87? 83? 83, 85. I don't know. It was 80-something. And this thing was going to beat the band. I mean, it was going. It was it was really going for it. And it was going for it enough that, I mean, I walked in the front door, which is not where this unit is, and was like, wah, from the heat. And uh, Houston, we had a problem. So we uh, did a little bit of testing. I turned it over to just fan only, and that didn't help. It kept running. So we turned it off, waited a few minutes, turned it back on, and it was still just on the heat, full blast. And so we're like, okay, let's just see what happens. We switch it over to air conditioner because it's one of those that it's a zone unit that does air conditioning and heating both. Still blowing out heat as hard as it can. Something has gone masterfully and miserably wrong in this unit. It's bad. It died. So... Being the preppers that we are, do you know what we did? Went to bed. We went to bed. We turned on the secondary heat source, the one that doesn't require any electricity or gas or anything else that we already had. We don't use it normally. It was just set a little bit lower than our normal right. house temperature. So, so if something, if it, if our, if we were to lose electricity, which everything else is in our house heating wise is electricity. The heater in the in the bathroom. We have a zone unit in there, and then the heater everywhere else. We only heat and cool the areas of the house that we use. I mean, because it's you know that's just the way we roll. And you know, this thing it kicks on if the electricity goes out. Other than that, it just sits there and doesn't kick on. And um, we went to bed because we were set. We, we were set. And uh, there's a lesson in this, and, and I want to go through a little bit. Now, we've talked about some of this before, but I want to go through it again and again and again to like, get, make everybody sick of listening to it. And, you know. 
Just short of that, actually. Okay, maybe just short of that. But we as preppers are always focused, it seems, on the end of the world as we know it. Big drama. The huge, yeah. The the EMPs, the... Nationwide collapse. Nationwide, yeah, nationwide collapse, the rioting in the streets, the... The uh, cyber pandemic. attack takes down our power grid. That's some the prepper pandemic. fiction I'm listening to at the moment. Oh, yeah. Don't forget the uh, uh, mutant zombie biker gangs that seem to be in every piece of pre- prepper fiction. <laughs> yeah. we'll go, we're going to mention that in here in just a minute. And um, so we think about that. But in reality, when the stuff hits the fan, most of the time, it does it to you on a personal basis. It was in the 20s last night, enough to make the house really cold if you didn't heat it. And if somebody isn't prepared for that, that becomes a crisis. Especially this is a Sunday as we speak, and and it would be difficult to get it fixed today. And very expensive. Calling in somebody on a Sunday rate, you know, and this is one of those deals where you know, if you're ready for it, you just, okay, roll with it. Just make sure that the the other, uh, the backup unit is turned up a little bit so that it kicks on when it gets cold, and you're good. Forget about it. Go to bed. I'm reminded of a quote I heard once that really spoke to me. All wars are the same size because death comes one to the customer. Exactly. Perfect example. And all emergencies, from a personal perspective can to some extent be the same size because a drama that is only you and your family can still be life-threatening, life-changing, negatively life-altering for you, even if it doesn't impact the rest of the world at all. And those are far and away the most common kinds of emergencies. So we want to help you and encourage you to be prepped for those because those are going to come in your life. They just are. It reminds me, though, one of the things we're we're doing. I'm I'm in the process. I'm I'm a writer, and I'm in the process of working my way into doing some writing on prepping. I'm going to do some fiction and nonfiction both, and then I'm also going to be. Uh, I'm trying to free up some time in my schedule to to be able to get some more writing done, and I'm wanting to do a to- has nothing to do with prepping at all book and then a prepping fiction book and then a prepping nonfiction book a how-to type thing and so part of what i'm doing is i'm trying to, to catch up on the literature to see what's out there prepping book wise you know if you're going to write a romance novel you probably need to read romance novels before you write them and I'm not saying I'm any kind of great writer. I'm not saying that. I, I make no claims on on that. But I'm pretty good at reading and understanding what other people are writing. I will claim that because I've been paid for years to be an editor. So I'm pretty pretty sure I can do that. And it's kind of funny. Some of the prepper books we've been reading are just wow. 
We played a game yesterday while we were waiting for our food to arrive at a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, we were sitting there, sitting there at Denny's. In fact, nobody ever intentionally goes to a Denny's, but sometimes you just end up there. You know. Anyway, and the game was, I would name a situation or problem, and Salty would name as many books as he could think of of prepper fiction, where that element was absent. And by prepper fiction, I also include similar dystopian fictions, like, say, Dies the Fire, that universe there, which isn't really a prepper book, but has a lot of prepper stuff in it. A prepper would have been a lot better off than a lot of those poor sots. Oh, yeah. Book. Prepper would have been much better <laughs> off than, than most of those people. Prepper would have ended up living in the Dies of Fire universe, probably. Maybe. There's Maybe. a lot of luck involved in surviving uh, yeah. any major disaster, guys. Let's let's not pretend there's a not. A rural prepper would have, would have probably made it. Yeah. At least a while. Yeah. So that was the game. And my first entry into the category was No Insane Biker Gangs. And, you know, you stop and think about – it doesn't have to be a major character, but there has, if it's even mentioned in the book, it disqualifies it. And you're sitting there, you're going, okay, let's go with uh, – oh, boy. <laughs> there are not <laughs> many prepper books out there that come to mind that don't have a, have a post-Tiatwaki biker gang in them. It's they have to have their Mad Max moment. It seems. Yeah, Mad Max <laughs> is required. Even if they're on, you know, bicycles. If it's one that has trashed their bike somehow, usually it's something where the uh, low tech bikes will work for a while, and you'll have them roaming their countryside early in the book, terrorizing people for no apparent reason with no apparent plan, as if they were a bunch of mindless monsters instead of actual human beings. Yeah. And a second, a second thing, I don't remember if she mentioned this, but this is one that I thought of. Name prepper fiction books that have strong, realistic, lead female characters. Whoa. Crickets chirping. Whoa. Okay. This is an easy one if you consider the Dies the Fire universe in it, because that one does. Yes. They have a lot of really good, strong female characters. They have women villains. They have women heroes. They have, they women. have women cowards. They have women who do okay once they readjust. They've got, in fact, human beings in there who happen to have two X chromosomes, yeah. as well as strong male characters. The usual range of male characters is usually pretty good. Okay. And there's this too. We're not going to name names. And there, there's a reason. I'm not just sitting here making fun of books. This is not what I'm doing here. There's a reason because people people read these books, and I think a lot of people really do take this stuff to heart. It colors your subconscious, if nothing else, expectations and approaches. And it also is representative of the audience that's reading it because it wouldn't be popular if yeah, that's exactly why they're doing it. I, I get why they're doing it. Both the author's minds run that way and a lot of the audience minds run that way. But if it's not a good representation, then we think we should point out that it's not a good representation. <laughs> now, one, the book she's reading now, I, I, I tried to do a podcast on another book. I could not do it because it was so bad that I just I could not keep from ranting when I was talking about it. She's reading a book. I bought the book. Um, 
it was one of those. I'm in Kindle Unlimited, so you get to read it for free on the Kindle. But I don't read well on. I my eyes are not that good, so I prefer audiobooks. So I like the ones with audiobooks. And besides, I'm in the car a lot. And she's reading one I bought. I started it and got about a page and a half in it and just went, Puh, nah. Yep. And I'm- It was supposedly about female leads, and I was a little excited about that because I like realistic characters, male and female. But it quickly turned into the fact that, yes, there were a couple of girls in it, but... No, every, that's as far as I've every, su- every success they have is when they follow the advice of the male character, had given them ahead of time. Every failure they have is when they fail to follow the advice and directions that the male character had given them before the book opens. So they aren't really characters in their own right. They're just like a puppet-like extensions where when... This puppet-like extension of the male prepper uh, had good ideas, they win. And when the prepper-like extension, or the uh, puppet-like extension of the male character has prepper fails, they fail. They're not like actual people. They don't have their actual ideas. They don't initiate any good ideas on their own. Sometimes they do stupid little girly things and fail because of that. But it's always about the guy and the guy's advice and the guy's preps ahead of time. We're not, again, I don't, I'm not bringing this up because I want to bash this off. I'm not going to mention the name. You may guess it. I don't know how popular this book is. And I certainly am not going to buy another one by this person because it was awful. But what I want everybody to think about, the takeaway from what I'm talking about is, if we believe that half the population is incompetent incompetent and useless and can only follow orders, then we lose half of our brain power and resources off the top. And, and you can't afford to do that in a disaster situation. And by the way, if you thought that, you'd be wrong. You'd be dead wrong. You'd, you'd be wrong and stupid. <laughs> and that will, in, it, doing that, assuming that, will hurt your chances and to the, survive. The more you treat people, and it doesn't have to be women here, it's people in general, the more you treat people as incompetent, the more incompetent they'll become. Because we're social beings and we absorb expectations from around us. And we try and live up or down to those expectations, at least subconsciously. Or, and this is this is kind of a caveat, but when you're you are talking about putting people in a press, you're talking about putting them in a compressed situation where the pressure is huge. If you have the right kind of personality of the person you're making to feel incompetent, they may take you out. Because that is one of the things that happens. You can only push people so far when they are under pressure. So just something to think about. I mean, you would, I mean, it happens every day. You read about it in the newspaper every day. You fall into, yes, well, you are the, 
I'm not saying you personally, because I don't know you, but you know, you fall into that. Yes, well, I'm know everything, and they don't know anything, and she's just a dumb whatever, you know. And you go from being the alpha person in charge to the guy that had it coming. Quick history quiz. Yeah, Salty's good at these. What was the single biggest fear? Would you say? Of most of the um, big southern landowners during the middle and late stages of the of the uh, Civil War, or even before the Civil War, uh, you know, slave rebellion. I didn't warn him this was coming right. either. Now, by the this way, this is an easy one: slave rebellion, and it didn't actually happen all that often. But when it did, it was nasty. Anybody want to? Uh, duck, duck, go. I'm trying to use the G word anymore. Anyway, duck, duck, go. If you don't know this, look up Nat Turner's Rebellion. Okay? If you want to find out what happens if you push people too far, you want to find out what happens if you push people too far, you look up the mutiny on the bounty. Not the Hollywood thing, but the real story. Or try Haiti. History of Haiti. Haiti. Oh, my gosh. Haiti was bloody. If uh, the people... If you're subjugating people with the excuse that it's only right and natural because you're bigger and stronger and wiser and more competent and all that stuff, it can go fine for a while, but you don't want them to be the people at your back when the stuff hits the fan. You you really don't. And, you know, in, in some situations, you would, you know, when you hear... When you hear about uh, people like uh, the great dictator Benito Mussolini, okay, he did this to a whole country, but what happened to him? His body, his bullet-ridden body was dragged through the streets. That's what happens to people. Now, we're not talking about maybe on that kind of level when you're subjugating the people you know. We're mostly talking about you're wasting (laughs) resources that are available, decreasing chances for survival degrading the opportunities for thriving and success and happiness of all individuals concerned people because you're overlooking people's capabilities and underestimating people's capabilities people have a tendency and i'm just I, people in general a lot of people do this though they build themselves up by tearing down others and this is part of what this is part of our mission is to be inclusive we we are inclusive people not because we don't have political views. We do. Not because we don't look at some political candidates and think, you guys are barking mad. Or what are you trying to do to my country? We do. We have these just as much as anybody else do. But the difference is we realize that everybody who is prepared, each individual person who is prepared, is one less we have to worry about. The more Everybody is prepared, the better off we all are. It is in our motivated best interest that everybody be as prepared as possible. That reduces the amount of collapse you get from any given stressor if individual elements are all stronger. And one of the biggest concerns, and this is one of the reasons we started our project, and we catch a lot, I catch a lot of grief on this from a lot of people online, because they are so built into the hate machine. They're so built into being right, building themselves up by tearing others down. This is such a part of our society, and it's becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's, it is, this is the way you die. 
How many people, in an preppers, have you heard use the word sheeple in a disdainful way? Yeah, oh, it's and sheeple. People it's, are sheeple all around here. Those are the people you are going to have to be living with, like it or not, if the if the the thing goes down. So isn't it better if we do what we can to help them be prepared so it's less of a load on you and me? Every tiny bit, little bit of progress you make toward helping somebody else be more capable and understand more and be stronger is a prep that is enhancing your chance of survival and success. And you don't get that if you instead take the easy route of the ego pump of contemplating how they are sheeple and you know better. Right. So, you know, this is, I know, we're kind of wandering a little bit on this podcast, but I want to keep coming back to this over and over and over again. And I expect, you know, every time I talk about this, you know, people who listen to it, we'll get one or two unsubscribes off of it because it's offensive to people to think that, that inclusiveness is good. And, you know, some people have argued with me that, well, if I, I accept them, then that means I tacitly approve of what... They, no, it doesn't mean anything like that. What it means is it is in your motivated self-interest that they be more prepared, period. You don't have to like them. You don't have to live with them. You don't have to prove what they think of. You don't have to, you know, you may, you don't have to like their, their, their sexual orientation. You don't have to like their religion. You don't have to like their political views. You don't have to like anything about them other than the fact that they are being more prepared so it takes less pressure off of the rest of us. That's all it's about. And I do not see why this is such a difficult concept. And everybody, you know, not everybody, but a lot of people say, they come back to me, and I, this is another thing they come back to me on. So, well, you're wasting your time. Well, maybe, but it's my time to waste. And I'm doing something about it. What are you doing? What are you doing other than just, you know, raking in for yourself, which is fine. I got no problem with that. What are you doing to make sure that everybody else around you puts less of a strain on you? Reducing the intensity of the collapse is of itself a prep and it's a likely to be a much more effective prep in the long run than is building your own little castle and and letting everything collapse outside it with no without regard this is one of the things that that i uh one of the reasons i brought up the prepper fiction because a lot of the stuff in there and i'm not there's a lot of books that are actually pretty good I'm a big fan of books like One Second After. Very well done. There's some things I don't agree with, but able to come up with at least some book in every category I came up with that didn't play on the standard stereotypes. Right, and unfortunately, a lot of them are the same books three or four times. Three or four times, (laughs) yeah. yeah. But to me, it's such a you know these books that kind of glorify the situation. To the point where some people out there are like, oh, want it to happen I can't so they wait can be heroes. This I, are you nuts? I've seen are people say it online that they hope for it to happen soon so they can show how they're so much better prepared than everybody else. That will be their day to shine. No, guys, it's, it's if something to, like no. that happens, it's going to stink on ice for all of us, some more than others. But... 
Yeah. It's not going to be the best time of your life. And honestly, I think most people who would say that are going to have a very short and very exciting life. (laughs) Because they're going to go out and do something stupid and get themselves killed. So, there's that. Okay. We are going to hang this one up and uh, we'll talk with you the next time.